This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Jesus stood in front of an angry crowd toward the end of his life. And he had a very interesting interchange with them that I'm going to read to you. Because I think he saw in them exactly what you and I sang about. He saw that they could have these showers of freedom and grace that would come into their life and that, it, and that it would just spread across every face. And that was his dream and his hope and his prayer for them. But he realized that they struggled with a problem. So here's what he said to them. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But the key is found in their response. Listen to what they said. They said, We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will set us free? You know, the ironic thing is, the people who said that were actually slaves of the Roman government, and and they did not have their own freedom, but they refused to believe that they were in slavery. Wow. And Jesus followed up with this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sins is the slave of sin. You know, we're going to talk about that unseen world where slavery and freedom really take place. Because you and I both know we live in a free country. All of us know that. And yet there are many people, including probably many of us in this room, who live in this free country but are still in slavery. Am I right about that? So we're going to talk about that world, that unseen world where slavery takes place. But you know this morning there are people in our audience who are going to give their lives to Jesus and they're going to step into a freedom they've never known before. They're going to walk into the story of their life. And like Heather just said, they're going to walk into the resurrection of Jesus and God's going to take something in their life that's been dead and they gave hope up on long, long time ago. They gave up hope on and God's going to resurrect it and bring it to life. And, and they're going to leave this place a different person than when they came. Is that great? That is awesome. Would you stand with me as we pray, as we get started? Father, We come in full faith and we stand in your presence because you're the ruler of heaven and earth and because you can do anything. And because you're going to resurrect in our lives things today that some of us don't even know about yet. But during the course of this teaching, you're going to bring it to the surface of our life and we're going to submit it to you and we're going to end up walking out of this place with a greater freedom than we have right now. And some of us, Father, are going to accept you for the first time. We're going to say, today I make the decision to follow Christ. Today I receive your forgiveness. Today I become a Christian. And some of us who have been away from you for a long time and somebody invited us to come here today and we're going to resonate with what you're going to teach us from your word and and we're going to say to you, I'm back because I know you have the answers and I know that apart from you, I will struggle and I will fail. And Lord, today, as we step into this unseen world, would you give us grace to grasp it, to understand it, to be aware of it, and not to be defeated by it, but to be able to walk in victory 
in it. Would you teach us now from your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. In the 1800s, a fellow by the name of Louis Pasteur. He was a scientist. He was a chemist. He was a, he, he was a research and development guy. Louis Pasteur shook up the entire world. It's the reason I have a test tube in my hand. By the way, a test tube, an apple, an airplane, and a doll. And they all have something to do with Satan. Are you ready for this? All right. Louis Pasteur said, I have discovered an unseen world. It's an amazing world where epic battles take place and the forces of good and the forces of evil, the forces that make us healthy, the forces that destroy our health. It's an epic battlefield where massive battles take place and whoever wins kills whoever loses and whoever wins searches for more territory to take over. And the people of his day looked at him and said, you're kidding. He said, no, I found it. I found it in my laboratory. It's a world so small, you can't see it with the naked eye. But I can tell you that world is real. And here's the big kicker. Everything that happens in that unseen world directly affects everything you see in the seen world. You see, prior to Louis Pasteur's day, people didn't know the cause of disease. They thought it, it occurred spontaneously from some malfunction inside the human body. And Louis Pasteur said, no, there's a thing called germs and microbes. And your body encounters millions of them every single day. They're on the surface of your counters. They're on your hands. They're on your clothes. They're, they're in every portion of your world. And your body continually has to fight against them because what takes place in that unseen world determines so much about you. And many people looked at him and said, Dude, you've lost it. And he looked at them and said, No, I found it. Yeah. I'm talking about real stuff. And he laid out a reality that's our first reality, and I want us to see it. Take a look at the video screens. Reality number one is this. The battle that goes on in the unseen portion of life determines whether we end up functional or dysfunctional, healthy or sick, and ultimately whether we live or die. Now, i got to tell you, that's a hard reality to accept. You know how I know it's a hard reality to accept? Because all sorts of surveys that have been done in our world tell me that in Sonoma County and in Marin County, virtually everyone in our county believes in a God. Virtually everyone in our counties believes in a good God. And virtually everyone in our counties believes in some form of life after death, uh, a heaven. But most people in our county do not believe in hell. And most people in our counties do not believe in a real Satan. You know what that's called? Denial. 
We want to believe the good stuff. But we don't want to actually believe, in many cases, the reality of life. So God, if you've got a good message for me, keep it coming. But if you have a message that has any struggle in it, or if you have a message that, that has any sort of right and wrong in it, well, I'm not so quick to receive that. By the way, the people of Louis Pasteur's day were just like that. And the ones that looked at him and said, man, you are nuts, they ended up facing disease in their life. Friends, they didn't have to face that disease in many cases. And they ended up with a loss of quality of life that they didn't have to have if they had simply believed the truth that he had discovered. But those who, who went on to believe Louis and they took the proper precautions in their life, they enjoyed a higher quality of life, they lived longer, they faced fewer diseases, and they had less struggle, real struggle, in their life. Now listen, I'm not here this morning to sort of scare you straight. Okay? By the way, Louis Pasteur had no desire to scare people. He didn't say, watch this. No. He was simply there to tell people the truth because he cared about them and because he cared about the quality of their life and because he realized that he had a truth that if they could just get a hold of that truth that it would do great things in their life and it would prevent so much disaster in their life. And in the same way, Jesus talks to us very clearly about the reality of a real enemy to our freedom. Not an ethereal enemy, not sort of a nebulous sort of, uh, well, there's a principle out there that if you buy into it, it can make life tough for you. No, a real enemy to our faith, a real live being who is actively at work in the unseen world trying to bring you and me into a place of bondage and slavery and ultimately to destroy our lives. Now God's illustrated that for us on so many different levels, including the level that Louis Pasteur discovered. So Jesus spoke about this unseen world often, and Jesus spoke about Satan often. And in fact, those of us who are taking the John Challenge, if you're taking the John Challenge, put your hands in the air. Is that an awesome, wonderful read? It is, isn't it? In this week, if you're on schedule, in fact, if you're on schedule tomorrow, you're going to read in John chapter 8 a great confrontation. I just read you part of that chapter, but in the rest of the chapter, Jesus is going to be just be straight up about Satan and his existence and his goal for you and me. It's no wonder then that Peter, who was personally trained by Jesus, wrote this to the people of his day. He said, stay alert. Watch out. Your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. And remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through that same kind of suffering or struggle that you are. 
Wow. Here's reality number two. And that is you and I must become aware and alert that our enemy, uh, to our enemy and the ongoing battle. Listen, no one is in more danger and more vulnerable than the person who is in danger and oblivious to it. Okay? Those of you who are parents, your little three-year-old child gets on his tricycle and is ready to ride right out in the middle of the street. Oblivious to the danger. He's thinking, their boom boom is out there. Mine can too. And it's just going to go right out there. And you panic and you run and the kid cries because he doesn't understand that he's in danger. He's oblivious to that danger, but you're not. A teenager who gets a hold of some marijuana and thinks it's cool to smoke marijuana. Oblivious to the danger. And the parents panic, just like they did with the three-year-old on the tricycle. The parents panic and say, what are you thinking? Are you nuts? That stuff will ruin your life. And the kid goes, huh? I'm just being a teenager. That's what teenagers do. The guy who jumps on his motorcycle and says, helmets are for sissies. Real men... Don't need a brain bucket. Everybody around him goes, you're nuts. The young girl who says, you don't understand, Mom. I know this guy has gotten two other girls pregnant. I know he has a rap sheet that's pretty long. But on the inside, he's really a good guy. Listen, friends, if life had buzzers, whistles, and bells, they would all be screaming every time one of those situations occurs, right? And they would be flashing, danger, danger, danger. You know what? Because actually behind every one of those scenes... There's an unseen battle that's going on and there's a real enemy to your life and your faith and your well-being and he's continually trying to get you to do something you shouldn't do. Peter says, be alert, wake up. It's so important for you to realize this. Listen, friends, I I, I, I wrote in my notes this statement. Freedom is not standing in the middle of a battlefield and pretending it's a national park. Okay? I'd love to tell you that life is a walk in the park. But the truth is, ever since Adam and Eve introduced sin into our world, life is no longer a walk in the park. It's a battlefield. And you wouldn't think of going to Iraq or Afghanistan or any other known battlefield and taking a stroll in the middle of the battlefield and saying, my, isn't this a beautiful place? I choose not to believe that there's a struggle going on here. No, you'd be alert to it. You would be. So you know what Jesus said? Look, 
Paul wrote and said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you what? Light. When the light comes on and you can see the danger, it ought to do something for you, right? He goes on to say, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these, what's the next word? Evil days. Again, I want to say to you, I'm not here to scare you. I just want to make you aware, okay? The idea is is awareness not a weirdness. You understand the difference? There are Christians who see demons behind every bush and demons behind every rock and they're going to tell you, I'm going to cast the demon of cursing out of you and I'm going to cast the demon of lust out of you and I'm going to cast the demon of materialism out of you. Listen, that's not sound theology. Okay? There is no demon of cursing. There is no demon of materialism. But don't for a moment ever believe that there is no devil that is behind all of those things because the Bible says there is. Jesus says there is. Well, that brings up a really interesting question, and that is how does the devil do his work? Now, it might surprise you, that the devil has really only one tool in his belt. Now you would think if you come up against an enemy and they only got one tool in their belt, they only got one weapon, they should be relatively easy to defeat. But you need to understand his tool because it's a lot trickier than you and I think. And this is reality number three. Take a look. Deceit is the weapon that Satan uses to steal our freedom. That's really his only weapon. And so, hence the apple. Now, the very first time that Satan practiced deceit, he came in the form of a snake. And just write this down in your notes somewhere. Never underestimate the snake. Got it? Never underestimate the snake. He comes to Eve, and the deal is, Satan never deals, really, not very often, in flat-out lies. You know why? It's too easy. People can, people can recognize that. So he deals in half-truths. And Satan comes to Eve and says, look, Eve, how's the garden? She goes, great. How's the fruit? Great. Said, So tell me, what's your favorite tree? So she goes on, and he said, how about this tree over here? She says, oh, well, that's the one God said don't eat from it. God says, in the day that I eat off of that tree, I'm going to die. Satan goes, really? Doesn't that sound a little outlandish to you? He said, I happen to have some inside information. Would you like it? What do you mean? Well, here's the deal. Look at the fruit. Does it look bad? By the way, it probably wasn't an apple. I just got it up here anyway, all right? He said, look at the fruit. Does it look bad? And the Bible says that when Eve looked at the fruit and saw it was beautiful and much to be desired, Satan said, anything that looks 
that good can't be bad. Oh, pull over the side of the road. If it feels good, it can't be bad. Have you ever heard that before? I heard it in a Christian song one time. Did you know that? A Christian song had this lyric in it. It can't be wrong when it feels so right. That's just not true. Now, Satan said, here's the inside information you need to know. The day that you eat that apple, you eat that fruit, you won't die. That was the lie part. Now here comes the half-truth part. But you will be like God with the ability to discern between good and evil. Eve, would you like to be like God? What's any decent person going to say to that question? Uh Uh-huh. Would you like to know the difference between good and evil? Of course. Have a bite. Eve had a bite. Gave a bite to her husband. Now listen. Was she like God? Oh, the only part of what Satan said to her that was true was you'll know the difference between good and evil. And she did. But listen, she never in her life felt less like God than in that moment. She felt estranged from God. Not like Him. Not next to Him. Not close to Him. She was afraid of Him. Did she die? Not on the spot. But she eventually did. Listen. I want to tell you, Satan comes to us with these amazing half-truths that look so right. You wouldn't buy a shoe without trying it on first, would you? What's the rest of that statement? So you shouldn't marry someone you haven't slept with first. Run! That's a lie. It looks true. It sounds good. It's the equivalent of Satan taking the apple and saying, anything that looks that good or feels that good can't be wrong. And yet it is. could illustrate that over and over and over again. When you just smoke this weed, man, you will feel better than you ever felt in your entire life. Don't you want to feel good? Right? If you just drink enough of this alcohol... <laughs> You're going to laugh at stuff you've never laughed at before because everything will be funny. You 
will do wacky and crazy things that you wouldn't normally do because you don't have the guts to do it, but now you'll have it. Just beware. Because in every one of those half-truths, there's a whole deceit. Okay? I want to give you reality 3A. And we will come back to this several times throughout this series. Every deceit eventually leads to some form of bondage and destructive behavior in our lives. Does that make sense to everybody? It's true. Every little deceit, no matter, no matter what it is that Satan gets you to do that compromises your integrity, that compromises your morality, that compromises the unselfish nature and character that Christ wants to create in you, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And Satan comes along and says, but a half-truth will make you more free. And the truth is, a half-truth is just bondage in disguise. It's just bondage waiting to happen. Heather talked to us this morning about areas of our life that God wants to resurrect. And I can tell you, as difficult as it is to take all of your life and trust Christ with all of it, I just want to tell you, if you're willing to take that leap and you're willing to take that step, and you ask God to give you the courage to jump in that pool, not just with the toe, not just with a hand or a finger or a leg, but jump into the deep end of that pool, I can tell you that a life of freedom awaits you unlike anything that you've ever known to this point. It's the life that God has for you. But you will never get there on your own. You'll be like Eve. You'll be going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, trying to look for something that only God can give you. And he's going to give it to you through the truth. And if the truth always leads to freedom, then what does Satan always have to do? Give us something that's not true. But the problem is, if he gave us something that was patently untrue and obviously untrue, none of us would buy in. So he has to give us a half-truth that appears to be all true. But it's actually not. Now friends, you and I have an illustration in everyday life. Hence the airplane Okay, Every year, there are scores of pilots who fly their airplane straight into the ground. Not because they're trying to commit suicide. Not because they're upset in life. These are pilots who have been well-trained. They are instrument-rated pilots. And in every flight school, they are told there will be times in the cockpit when, when you get disoriented and up will seem like down and down will seem like up. And if you look at your instruments, your instruments will always tell you the truth. And usually this happens when you fly in, in areas of low visibility and you have to trust your instruments. And it brings up an interesting concept. Okay, When your gut tells you one thing 
and your instrument panel tells you another thing, which do you believe? Listen, if you believe your instruments, you will live to fly another day. If you believe your gut, you'll die. Okay. When your gut tells you one thing and your God tells you another, the real question is, which do you believe? If you believe your gut, you're going down. If you believe your God, you'll live to fly another day. You know why? Listen. Satan will always make sure that you have conflicting messages in your gut. He's your enemy. He will sow seeds of doubt. He will sow seeds of temptation. He will sow seeds of deceit and half-truths. And you in your gut, you will say, but I want to do this. And it looks so good. And it looks like it will be fun. And besides, everyone around me is doing it. And they're not falling over dead yet. Even though in His Word, God clearly says, danger, 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 don't go there. So when your gut and your God disagree, which do you trust? Well, if you remember the plane and you remember the pilots, when your gut and your God disagree, go with God. Are you on board with that? Yeah, let's do that. Because if we do, we're going to live to fly another day. And that's going to be great. And we won't crash and burn. Now I want to close with a passage of Scripture that's just going to set up the message for next week. But I want you to understand that though you and I live in a battlefield and there's danger all around and it's not a walk in the park, it's a battlefield and we have a real enemy and he's continually sowing the seeds of doubt and deceit in our lives that we can live in safety and victory right in the middle of the battlefield because look at this passage of Scripture and look at reality number four. Our enemy is no match for whom? Our God. In fact, the Apostle John, who also was personally trained by Jesus, wrote this, The Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. Hence, the doll. Not Chucky. (laughs) This doll's name happens to be Lisa. All right? I borrowed it from my granddaughter, who named it after her mother. All right? So why the doll? Because Louis Pasteur said, I have discovered not only the existence of germs, but I have discovered as an amazing thing in the human body. Something put inside the human body by God, and it's a thing called antibodies. And the amazing thing about antibodies is they jump on the back of the germs and they render them powerless. It's all designed by God. And so if you and I live in such a way 
as to feed and nurture and nourish the antibodies which are sort of the soldiers of our immune system, then we never have to to succumb to these bad guys, the germs. Wow! Isn't that a wonderful illustration? What Louis was saying is that what God put inside you is greater than what you're going to encounter out in the world. It's just a wonderful illustration of how the Spirit of God is greater than anything you and I will encounter out in the world. But the truth is, how are we going to live in such a way as to nurture the Spirit of God in our lives? That's why you want to come back next week. Okay? Because next week, we're going to talk about how the Spirit of God does battle with our enemy and how we can walk in victory. But for this morning, it's our understanding that if we're going to walk in freedom, then we've got to take God by the hand because it's only in receiving and walking in the truth that Jesus gives that we will be free and truly free. Because in that same chapter where he said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, he also said, if the Son sets you free, you will be truly free. Three ways we can respond this morning. None of them need any real explanation. So I'm going to make it short. I'm going to pray with you. But the first one is this. If you've never made the decision to become a Christian, you should today. I can't say it any clearer than that. Because you live, in a, you live in a battlefield and you have a very real enemy and the only match for the enemy is the one and only Jesus Christ who died so that you could be delivered from the attacks of the enemy and from the sin that you've already done in your life. There's no other remedy for it. And the great thing is the remedy is available to everybody. So if you've never taken advantage of that, then this morning is the morning to do that. And I'm going I'm to lead us in a prayer. But what you can do is you can take your Connect card out of the inside of your program. And on the back side of the Connect card, there's a place for you to, to check. Okay, I'm deciding to become a Christian today. You check that box. I'm going to pray for you in a minute. And then we'll get some information in your hands. And we'll walk with you through that decision in this coming week. So that's the first way you can respond. Secondly, some of you made that decision years ago, but you've wandered away from it. You've been gone from God or you've been harboring some area of sin in your life. And this morning, God brought it right to the surface. And he's saying to you, today is the day you get that right with me. You need to actually recommit your life to me and submit it all. And so some of us are going to do that in the next few minutes. Check that on your card. And the third is this. And that is, I'm going to memorize 1 John 4, 4, which says, the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. I, I just want you to get that. I want you to memorize it. And I want you to say it to yourself every single day because in the same way that you're wearing the freedom bracelets, right? Okay? You're beginning to understand how that freedom works. And that is, it's the spirit of God in you that allows you to live free. And allows you to take hold of the life that Christ has for you. In any case, would you turn your connect card over and write your name on it? 
so that when you make a decision, I can pray for you and I can get in contact with you and help you with that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that only you can set us free. Thank you for telling us the truth and not just trying to scare us or make us weird or see weird things in different places. But thank you for making us aware that we do have an enemy and that the enemy is real. And thank you for telling us that he always comes in the same way. He always comes with a half-truth. And thank you so much for, for, for supplying your spirit. And we walk in that freedom today. Lord, for those who are giving their lives to you right now, would you just come into their lives in a real way so that they could sense and feel in their spirit right now that they're being accepted by you and that they're accepting your truth and, and that this day will change their life forever. And for those who are recommitting their lives, would you give them that same affirmation? And Lord, would you help us in this week to walk in great victory through you? I pray in your name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.